Hello and welcome back to the second of our Turf Talk season previews ahead of the 2019-20 jump season. My name's Lewis Tomlinson. I'm joined to my right, as per usual, by big Mr James Watson. Hello. How are you doing, Jim? Smashing. Glad to be back in the studio and back to talking Cheltenham again. Yeah, well, well, this, this week's preview is going to be focusing on the novices for next season, mainly the chasers, if we've got a bit of timing at the end. As well, we'll try and fit in a bit of novice hurdlers chat. We're not going to structure it today in terms of Arkle, JLT, RSA, because there are some horses, Lorina, that feature in the betting for absolutely every race at Cheltenham. So I, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a general chat about the horses who will be making the transition from hurdles to fences this season. What do we think they'll be best at? Do we see them as top-class prospects? And then giving giving some general thoughts. Is that all right, Jim? Yeah, sounds good to me. So let's get on with it. So we will just kick things off by looking at the betting for the Arkle and I have written my pre-season Arkle preview as well available to read on cheltenhamtits.co.uk there's also an RSA one up there and lots of other Cheltenham races if anyone fancies giving them a read but Lorena does head the betting for the for the Arkle at a general eight. it's like we said though she's also pretty prominent in the JLT and the RSA classical dream is eights but he's staying over hurdles uh Melons in Melons up there in the market, tens, fourteens for Felix Deji. And then there's a couple of others, Sam Crow City Island Champ, who all look likely to be going over further. Would you agree there, Jimbo? Yeah, I, I certainly think so. So we'll start with Lorena, because she's a horse who I've had to write a lot about this summer because she is in every market ever. Uh and she's favourite for the Arkle. Justified? Yes. At this moment in time, yes. Um, she was on her unbeaten run since being under rules with Willie Mullins until last time out in the champion hurdle where who knows what went on in the champion hurdle last season. We don't really Did know. anything go wrong? What, what, it was just one of them races where I'm willing to put a line through. I, under, I understand that, but also... Silver Street finished third. Was it a career, was it a career best from Warrior? Was was finishing fourth on the champion hurdle objectively better than smashing up a hundred and thirty odd rated mares? Possibly, possibly, yeah. Um, if she didn't have the reputation that she does, and don't get me wrong, she has a reputation for a reason, and she's looked very good in winning Mickey Mouse races. But you know what I mean. Yeah. If, if 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 it wasn't the Willie Mullins hype machine, if 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 a horse had won a listed mares race and then went on to finish fourth in the champion hurdle. That'd be a step forward, and I, I I think a lot of people were a little bit too harsh on what Lorena's achieved because she's either ran to a level or actually slightly improved. Yeah, Just um, not to the I thought expected. in the champion hurdle she got stuck in the mud a bit. Um, I know she won on soft before and she's won on heavy, but she she looked slow. I thought in the champion hurdle. Um, I watched it back the other day and. I wasn't really ever convinced she was travelling, to be honest, and I don't think she was right. And if look, looking out of the three main novice chases you're going to aim to, if I was Willie Mullins, which I could only wish I could be, 
Shall I be Willie Mullins? I'd go for the JLT. Shall I bring Willie Charles Boudot back? Oh, no, no, we don't want that. None of that. Uh, I'd probably go for the JLT, to be honest, because I, th- I think two miles, she can get away with two mile in mares races, but at the top level, two mile four, more her bag, decent enough ground. I, th- I think that's where I'd be going with Lorena. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because she went off third fave for the champion hurdle last season. Obviously, a horse with an endless amount of hype around her. But I don't think anyone on earth knows what she's best at. Yeah. And, that, and that's why she's she's in the top five in the betting of both the champion hurdle and the RSA. Yeah. A two-mile hurdle and a three-mile chase. Yeah. Because no one... Knows where they stand with No her. one actually knows. We've got a rough idea. But it, she could be £10 better than a mark, she might actually be £10 worse. Yeah. No one's particularly sure. She's also prominent in the market for some hurdles and there's been no confirmation from Willie that she's going chasing this season. She is also fab for the uh, for the JLT, it's worth noting. And is, uh, like we've said, a general 16th so of the RSA. You'd think JLT or Arkle would be likely though, wouldn't you? Yeah, most definitely. We've seen a campaign over hurdles over two mile, two mile four, so you'd be... Leaning more towards them sort of races, wouldn't you? Over fences. Yeah. Uh, also, look further down the Arkle market. Classical Dream, like we've said, is going for the champion hurdle. So that leaves another Willie Mullins in mate, Mellon, a second fav. And Jim, for me, this is, this is getting close to barge pole territory for him now. Yeah. Do you not? Do you not think he could find some more improvement over fences? He needs to, because he looks like an horse who's absolutely gone at the game every think? single run last season. Barry Cheltenham, which is the one positive I could see for him in terms of an Arkle prospect, is that he his three best career runs have all come at the Cheltenham Festival. Does he just come alive at that time of the year in March at Cheltenham? Is that just his time of year? Maybe I'd, I'd almost say track more than time of year because he was absolutely dicked at Punchestown after. Yeah. Last seven for seven. His record last season, fourth of sixth. In the Ryanair hurdle, fourth of sixth in the uh, Irish Champion hurdle, seventh of seven in the Punchestown Champion hurdle, last of twelve at Artoy, over three miles. The fact that even Willie Mullins is suggesting, you know, tried sending him up to three miles, says to me they're trying what they can to rejuvenate this horse. Yeah, because he is one who was he every run last season. Barry Cheltenham was a regression. Yeah, was a regression. And has he ever even been top class? He's not from nine in grade ones. Yeah. But I, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, I, I've always held a soft spot for Melon in my heart. There's no reason, n- not many thing, not many animals or horses have a soft spot in my heart. But for some reason, I, I really enjoy watching Melon run. And even if I've not got no money, I'd still cheer for Melon. Because I don't know. <laughs> Something about him. Something about him. I can I, I can see why he might. He's a lovable rogue. Is he a rogue, or is he just is he just out of his depth? I don't know. There's a difference between rogue to me suggests that there's something a bit of a screw loose with him, and I don't think there is for Melon. But I just think more often than not, he's beaten by better horses in Grade Ones. To think that he's only ever won two races is actually unbelievable. Yeah, that is that is strange. And one of them must have been what I made an hurdler. It was a great, the WKD hurdle grade two, 
and his other one on debut for Willie Mullins when he won by 10 lengths at Leopardstown. They're the only two wins to his name. It's ridiculous. Yeah. £37,000 worth of prize money he has won, but he's been to all of the big occasions and you think he's always there, but he's only got 37000 worth of prize money. Yeah. And I, oh, I, I feel like I might be being a bit harsh on him because he's not a horse I have a problem with. But first of all, if you're gonna get first of all, even at his best, is he a, is he an out and out grade one horse? I'm not sure. And is he in? Did he end last season in good form? That is a definite no. Yeah. He saw he, he ran in France at the end, didn't he? And, yeah, exactly. And disappointed. Exactly. Behind the Bonker and Benny Dejeur. Yeah, so it's just, it's 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 to me that that's a warning sign in itself. We're going to France over three miles. To me, to just suggests we need to try something to get him running well. So, do you use Melon as? That's where Willie Mullins is standard at. If you're Melon class, you're a Grade Three. So if you're at home, you use Melon as your. If he's working better than Melon, he's a grade two also. Possibly. You, you, you'd be hoping both. You'd be hoping Lauren is a better horse than Melon, and she just wasn't able to show it for whatever reason at Cheltenham. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion. Of others further down the market, then Felix Deji. He looks likely enough to be going here as well. Pretty solid novice last season, available to back at a general, fourteen to one. Jim, what's your opinion on him? Um, I, I thought his win at Aintree was very good uh, when he beat Aramon. I, th- I thought that race had come out to be slightly stronger, but slightly disappointed. He then got turned over by Classical Dream, who we've both we last said on the last podcast we rate very highly. Um, he's interesting. He's a big, big unit of a horse. I, I, th- I think chasing will certainly improve him again. Whether, uh, whether he's he's, a, he's ran over two mile far, hasn't he, and been beaten, but. You, you could see him going for either the Arkle or the JLT, couldn't you? I'd prefer him for the Arkle. Yeah? If he was buying that. You think he's all riding from the front, all speed? Yeah, the, I mean, uh, strangely enough, actually, last season... Because he made all, didn't he, at Aintree in the, yeah. in the novice hurdle? Well, I, I was going to say the JLT tends to be a bit... Uh, Horses tend to go up in trip from the JLT rather than back down, don't they? Yeah. In general, it didn't happen last season because Deffy Desai won it. But without him, it would have been lost in translation. Who's a three miler? And there's been, you know, there's been other horses in the past. Was did Sir Deschamps not win the JLT? I think he did. He was certainly campaigned as a two and a half miler before stepping up yeah. to that Black Hercules when when he won the race. Seemed to be going longer. You know what I mean? Shard yeah. Love went back up in trip. So. I think the Arkle, especially in a year where it where there seems to be it seems to be stacked higher in terms of quality, in terms of the staying novice chasers from last season, the novices coming through from the Ballymore and the Albert Bartlett. I think the more sensible option would be to keep Felix Deji for two miles. Yeah, he certainly progressed towards the end of last year because he saw overall he got beat ten lengths in the Supreme and he just got stuck in the mud. I think I think. Uh, Finished 10 lengths behind Classical Dream. And then we saw in his last run at the end of last season, he was only five. Does he need to improve, though? He does still need to improve if he's to get to this top class of novice chases this season, I think. 
Yeah, I, I I think he does as well. He he's, he was a pretty good benchmark as a novice because he were on the go because you are, it, all of last season all, really had yeah. eight runs. Yeah, so you know we saw a lot of him and like you said, he did improve towards the end of it, but he was probably a mid one fifties hurdler. Yeah, and you you'd be wanting another ten pounds worth of improvement for a fence for him to be winning this. Uh, other ones who look likeliest to be running. In the Arkle. Uh, Getaway Trump Jim will give him a mention. He varies from 20s all the way to 12s. You could see that, couldn't you? Do you think two miles is his destiny, though? Because I I, I think he could he could probably be a more of a two-mile-four JLT type, if I'm being honest. Um, but what else runs in the Arkle, then? Jim Bolton sending everything to the JLT just so Mellon can win a race. It's <laughs> only going to be him and Sussex uh, in the Arkle. <laughs> Arrowman, uh, stable companion of all of Willie Mullins's. He'll go, he'll go for the Arkle, I think, if he's campaigning mostly for fences. Um, I yeah. also think that quick grab him's interesting. And I, I think... I think Thomas Darby might go for two miles, if I'm being honest. Thomas Darby's my Arkle pick at this moment. Is he? Man. He is. Uh, I could understand why you go for two miles. If if anyone didn't listen to a, the first series of Turf Talk last year as well, Thomas Darby was a big project for us both, wasn't he? Yeah. From his uh, from his win at Huntingdon on debut to him beating Alexia Dunlops, and we kind of backed him for the Supreme every week. Yeah. Each way, and it paid off. And the first tweet I got when me and when me and Jim were at Cheltenham was someone saying. Thomas Darby place money, thank you boys. It and just that was plodded on through the mud, didn't he? Yeah, and and that 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 was that was as good a feeling as I've got knowing we we, we made listeners good money. Yeah, you know what I mean, especially when it's a twenty-eight to one outsider and you've kind of been with them for all all the season. Uh, do you want to know? Do you was, want to know my punt at this moment in time in the article? My. My selection. Okay, I'll just talk about Thomas for a bit. I'll just just say, like the the, the reason the reason why I like him so much was because he's so still so raw. Yeah, he's as good as he is without knowing how to be a racehorse yet. A better pace to aim at. The reason I liked him so much for the Supreme as well was I thought how fast is it going the Supreme would allow Thomas Darby to settle better than he had been doing yeah. and give him a pace to aim at yeah. and stay on. And it's pretty much how it how it unfolded. Unfortunately, Classical Dream is a very, very good racehorse. Also worth noting as well, Thomas Darby finished lame. Yeah. He might have been flattered as well in the in the Supreme by other horses being stuck in the mud and a bit more tired than he was, which might have accentuated the uh, you know the manner of how he did it. But... I just think you know it, once he learns 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 race yeah. craft a little bit more. Yeah. Learns to res- he should respect a fence. Gets his head screwed on, and I think there's a proper weapon in there. Ollie Murphy's got some team as well this oh, season. If you look going into this season, and I'm going to predict that the one you like is another Ollie Murphy horse. No. Oh no. Well, I'm going to say I like well, up a story. Well, I do. Well. I, I I do as well. I've banged on about him for the past twelve months, but the uh, just Draconian. Oh, good shout. You said him last year as well. Uh, I tipped him up when he won the champion novice hurdle at Punchestown when he beat Vision de Flo and Mengli Khan. And he's been off for a while. Uh, he missed last season due to injury. And I, I think that he's very interesting in this market. If he comes back to anything like himself, he could be a serious weapon. 
Um, I, I think at this moment, there's 33s in places. I think he's a decent each way bet at this moment in time. That's a that, that, that's a nice shout, that Jim. That's a nice shout. We'll move slightly up in trip and, and discuss some of the horses we think might be taking on the JLT. Obviously, there's, as we said, Lauren is also at the market there. And we've seen one of them out here, Reserve Tank, who was beaten by Jarvis Plate at Chepstow uh, on Saturday. What did you make of that run, Jim? I thought it was good. It was just good, wasn't it? Um, we saw him... Uh, I, I, I think I'd be more in the lines of all right than good. In, in my opinion, all right and good are almost the same right. thing. Um, he just he made he would have won if he hadn't made that error at the last. I think. I think he was a t- I think he was a tiring horse. I think Jarvis Plate looked fitter. Yeah, I. He's been tuned up. We, we've seen videos of Fergal O'Brien string jumping fences on Twitter, and they've been revving up for a long time now. And I don't I don't ex- especially class Colin Tizard as a trainer who gets them ready first time out. He progresses them through the season. Christmas is normally his period, isn't it? It tends it tends not to, doesn't it, Tizard? But I'd have thought with that being a race he's won with good horses in the past. You know what I mean? That reserve tank might have been a little bit more wound up. I've, I've, I think it was a bit of a disappointing effort for him not to have won it. But let's bear around with Jarvis played in, in a mug. Mm. But uh, you, you, you'd like to have seen him win it. However, there's reasons as to why he will be so much better next time. Yeah, but if he was up to winning a JLT, this is my niggle in the back of my mind, he should have been good enough to win that race. Does he not with you? First time, first time out, though. It doesn't matter to me. Bear in mind as well, he, he was a spring horse last season. Yeah. Completely a spring horse. So whilst whilst I understand... Your reservations about reserve tank, I I might not put as as much uh, weight on them as you might be doing. First time out last season, he was seventh in a Newbury novice hurdle. Yeah, you know what I mean. He didn't win till February. Yeah. So it's it's not like he's being revved up. We don't know loads about him as well. He's still a pretty inexperienced horse. And he's, you know, the the two runs that placed him at the top of the market for the JLT came in the space of a month yeah. at the back end of last season. But he did he did look a smashing prospect on paper. Maybe, maybe might have passed passed his first test, but maybe only with a C. Yeah. Uh, on 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 Saturday, but look, he he still remains a lovely, lovely chasing prospect. Sam Crow, the forgotten you, horse. I like him. So do I. In general. I'll let, I'll let you take the lead on this then, Jim. Sam Crow is, is a horse who's split in opinion pretty much all of last year and going into this year. Grade one horse, what's his trip? Hurdler or chaser? Chaser, we know that now. Is he absolutely top class? Yes. I'm still with him. Um, I think... It was the wrong decision to stay over hurdles with him last season. I th- in, in hindsight, I think at the time... Hindsight, yeah. Hindsight's yeah. a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah. And at the time, I can completely see why they did it, because there was only Boover there to beat yeah. on paper. But obviously that didn't go to plan. 
I think I do think that he wants further. It's just where, whether it's two mile four or three mile, I don't know. He, we're just going to put a complete line through last year's form. If you looked at Sam Crow's form just from that last point of the, uh, his running the Ballymore, he'd easily be favourite for this, wouldn't he? Oh yeah, he would. He would. And that. Ballymore form has taken Knox. Black Op, Next Destination, Scarpetta, Duke de Geneva is probably the only one out of that who's arguably boosted slightly. Well, Next Destination's not run, has he? But yeah, but aye, aye, Charlie finished seventh. I rest my case. Well, um, no, Jim, it's a novice herd like the Cheltenham Festival. They always vary wildly in terms of quality. The yeah. horses in seventh are nowhere near as the ones finishing top. You're not going to get a great one horse finishing seventh at the Cheltenham Festival. Aramont. Not a grade one horse, he's mid 140s rated. He won a grade one though. Early season novice hurdle, don't <laughs> count. they don't count. It's like, it's like calling that juvenile race at Chepstow a grade one. Yeah. It is on paper, but is it? No. It's horrendous that, isn't it? Because then you just get a penalty early on and then you've got to run in high class races for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand what you mean though, Jim. And I'm saying this as a Samco fan as well, but why? Put all, you're saying put a line through it, give a reason why. Why should people put a line through it? Because we never know how much he's going to develop from hurdles to chase. He, he could improve another £20. And if he improves £20, £15, he'd absolutely boss this division, wouldn't he? He should do. I mean, look, it's not weak. It's not weak. No, it's not. You, you look down the field and I'd say last season's novice chases were really, really exciting, weren't they? Uh, we all got very, very excited. The staying ones. Yeah, the, the staying ones. ones crap. But I think the two-miler, two-mile-four this season are going to be better than the three-milers. I don't. Do you not? No. But you just love old staying chases. Um, Look, the potato race was the best novice hurdle at last season's festival. By a mile. Well, we can argue this all day, but I, I think... Like, you look at Champagne Classic. Do you not think... It, I can't. Disc- yeah, yeah, because because we've got because this this is a problem with having a podcast with Mister Watson because we've got City Island there to talk about Champ, Alaho, and he decides no, we'll talk well, about Champagne. Talk, I was going to talk about City Island in the RSA. Mark. Oh, go on. Then. No, j- j- shall I tell you why I like Sam? Why I think is a reason to put a line through Sam Crow. Go on. Because he was running like a two, like a three mile chaser in two mile hurdles. Yeah, that's that's what he looked like, and he the engine was still there. You watch his run at Christmas at Punchestown, and he run. He travels into the race best. He's the last one off the bridle, and then he folds. He ran like a horse with a problem, and I was actually quite relieved that they found one after, because that to me said, that's an explanation. Yeah. That's that's why he's been running the way he has, because he still ran like a horse with a hell of a lot of talent, and then just went out like a light. Yeah. And I was I was watching it live, and I said I said to to me dad who I watched it where I said that's a, that, that something's not right with him yeah. something's not right with him he just then, cut, it's like the engine just cut out wasn't yeah, it yeah exactly so he's been off for his MOT bit bit of body work and that and hopefully they should be fi- they've, should, they've found a game for him that should really be right up his street because bear in mind as well, this horse was sent off favourite to beat Bouverdere <laughs> in the fighting fifth last time yeah was, this is a horse who you know Michael O'Leary had to say, this isn't the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
and people are talking about him now in the same terms as they do about Mellon. <laughs> it's not right. Got to give him another chance. Got to give him another chance. We'll we'll move on to be talking about uh, the ones that we might think might end up in the RSA. Then we'll let City Island loose on this, Jim. Uh, if like I said he's pretty prominent in the betting for all three of his chases as well. At this stage, what would you target him at? I'd go RSA. Would um, you? Um, why? What would you go? Would you go JLT? JLT or Arkle? Do you think he's got that speed? I think he's pacey. Yeah, I think he's a pacey horse. I think he was. I think he was able to beat Champ in the Ballymore because he's a pacier horse than Champ. Yeah, and I think over three miles, I fancy Champ to turn the tables. I, it was a very good ride, I thought, by Mark Walsh in the Ballymore last season. He almost just stalked Champ and then used his turn of pace, like you've just said, to come and fly past him. I was disappointed with him behind Reserve Tank. Maybe that Cheltenham race just took it out That's of him. That's what Martin Brazil said. Uh, that's the only other excuse I could think. It, well, it's not an excuse. It's a valid. It's a valid excuse, isn't it? Yeah, of course it, it is. It makes sense. The, you rev them up so much for that big performance. They perform, and then there's obviously there's always going to be the doubt. You can of, leave a mark, and uh, it obviously yeah. did on City Island. Um, so I'm that's willing. Not a worry. That's another one where I'm willing to put a line through. Um, his form last season. Going into the Ballymore, did not deserve him to be an eight to one shot, did it? No, well, I, I don't, I don't, I disagree with that. Because going into the Ballymore, he was the horse that's. Oh, this is a shrewdy one. This is the one at the. He, I think you said it last season perfectly. He was. It was. It was a shrewdest horse and not at a shrewdest price. Correct. Um, but it don't matter. It don't matter if you go and win. Doesn't matter if you go and win. I really probably was. I, I wasn't expecting him to go and win last uh, the Ballymore last season, but he went and done it. And I think he's a solid type. I think fences will be... He looks like, again, a lot of them from last season look like they'll make chases. Yeah, and I hate using the the what's the catchphrase, but yeah, he, he's looked to chaser in the making. And I think he's interesting. I think the form of last season, Ballymore was very good. Uh, we saw champion second, Bright Forecast, who, who's another one who looks interesting to go chasing this season. Brewing up a storm, Sam's profile. Jarvis' plate was a long way down in the field, so yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I like City Island. I said I, I, couldn't, I couldn't throw any anti-post pennies on him at this moment in time because of where he is in the thing. And again, I'd kind of like to see him do it first because he's... N- it, like like you said, it's a price based on one one really good run, rather than an overall profile. An overall horse who I'd say has an overall profile is Champ. Yeah. Who won twice last season at Grade One level in the Chalo and the Sefton, and then was second backing that up in uh, in the Ballymore in between. The difference there between that and City Island is City Island's come out of maiden you know maiden hurdles and won a rubbish novice somewhere. Correct. And then went straight on to Cheltenham. So we don't know whether, you know, that's his overall overall level. Yeah. Whereas Champ, we do know, more often than not, can run at grade one company and he's a grade one horse. He's a favourite for the RSA, a general, general eight to one, and in my opinion, he's a right favourite. Yeah, at this moment in time. Looks Would th- you have him over Manila Indo? Ooh, the different types are. Because there. I'm a massive fan of Manila Indo and I, I think. He could be a serious beast this season. I, I think Manila Indo should be favourite for this instead of Champ. Go on, why? Because I thought 
his form last season, uh, although Champ was probably ran in the more higher class races and ran against more difficult opposition, the mannerisms of Manella Indo made me sort of think that there was more to come from Manella Indo, whereas with Champ, I sort of felt like... Here I, and now. Yeah, I knew where I stood with him. I understand that, and he does look. He jumps like a Minella Indo, like a gazelle, doesn't he? Yeah. The very to, to me, they come across like very different champs. Minella Indo's a bit more Corto starry, and I see Champ is a bit more <laughs> Denman-esque. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. And uh, it, it's a bit of a big reputation to put on two young horses who've gone novice chasing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they're as but good you, as them, but, but it's a, what it's you can style. see, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the way that certain horses jump or the way that they travel, yeah, is, is exactly like you see Champ run from the front more often, rather as Manila Indo sort of races slightly freely almost and finds his yeah. way, finds his feet during the race. Yeah, but I must admit, Jim, I was more impressed. In fact, almost arguably the novice hurdling performance I was impressed with most last season was Champ winning the Sefton. Yeah, it, it, you've, it, you've it been banging on about easy. him. Well, do you know a what? lot of last if, season? If, well, no, I, I wasn't. I, I didn't did that because it, a lot of people who were, if you'd have listened to this podcast last year, would know that we were kind of trying to get Champ beat every, every time he ran, weren't we? Yeah, for, well, for, for a lot of uh, in all of our kind of previews, we kind of thought they, 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 something must come out. You know, even in even a couple of weeks before Cheltenham, thinking something must come out, an alternative to champion the Ballymore, and then we just ended up backing him just because nothing did. <laughs> we, 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 we were kind of waiting, waiting for something to come from left field and and be our sneaky little each way, and in the end we just ended up thinking, nah, champ's probably the most solid actually. Yeah. Even though we've been against him since December, uh, but he, he's a he's a horse I like. He's very very professional. Like you said, he's probably more the finished article at this stage than Manila Indo is, but. I really expect him to improve for a fence. Yeah. And he's a proper, proper grade one horse. Manella Rindo, is it, it's the exact same. We've got two top-class novices from last season going over a fence. There's also a couple who they beat at Cheltenham. Bright there's, a, there's a small handful of them that you're about to name. Yeah. That there's... I'm just going to roll them off. Bright Forecast, Alo, Alaho, yeah. um, Dicky Diver. Dickie Diver. You, you sort of... There's them three around there that you think, yeah, maybe we'll all we'll all improve for it. Dicky Diver especially. Dicky Diver, all three of them. Yeah, since Dicky Diver ran, we've we've all know what the main target for him is, and it'll be next season's Cheltenham Gold Cup, won't it? Yeah. Um, there's there's some decent as much as I think Manila Indo should be favourite, and probably the value's gone now. There's there's some at bigger prices which you could not rule out whatsoever, could you? And there's one shouting out at me, Master Tommy Tucker. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm, not this again. I'm going to continue to pile on the Master Tommy Tucker Express, but I, th- I think he's a beast. Go on, explanation, pal. Um, he fell last season in the race that Reserve Tank got finished second to last year. Well, the race that Chep saw this Saturday yeah. is what you mean. Yeah, you knew what I meant. Um, yeah, he just went, just went via Denmark to get there. <laughs> and he fell in that, got an injury, left him out for the season. He returns again this season. He'd only I'll ever... tell you what, Jim, you're really tempting me there with that, with that profile. 
He'd only ever had two runs previous to this. Uh, they were both at Exeter, one over two mile and three, one over two mile and six uh, in novice hurdles. He beat them, impre- he won them impressively. I'd say his first start was probably slightly more impressive. He beat Molyneux and Dentley to me. Useful. Useful enough sorts. Um, and then he smashed King Calvin in at one three four rated horse by 11 lengths, which for me just showed his potential. Uh, there's been videos on Twitter of him jumping over a fence. I think I, th- I, I thought he jumped very well last season. He it, before he fell, I thought he was definitely coming to come and win the win the race. Um, spirit of the games won that race in the end, and I, I think that he would have easily got a listed race under his belt over fences. So you think thirty three is his value? I think thirty three is the value at this moment in time. If, if you could still. Get a bigger price about Manila Indoor, which there doesn't seem to be. Manila Indoor and Master Tommy Tucker are my two. Yeah, like you said, bright, bright forecast, Alaho and Dickie Diver are all a very, very similar types. All of them looked quite raw. I wouldn't I wouldn't put you off backing them for this race now, but it could you could end up with egg on your face by the end of the season because we saw Dynamite Dollars was a fairly low... Gr- how, how in an RSA chase preview have you managed to bring the conversation back round to dynamite dollars? But we've, we've, we've seen that you can have a fairly... You can be beaten over novice in novice hurdles, but when it comes to novice chases, it's a completely different game. But these look like they'll be better novice chases, so your point makes no sense. You won't be uh, laughing when Dino wins a champion chase. Oh, I'll be crying. I'll be crying my eyes out because I'll be dead and it'll all be a dream. <laughs> uh no, let, let, I, I will just briefly touch on them. Uh, Alaho obviously beat Minella Indo at Clonmel and then was third to him at Cheltenham and second again at Punchestown. That's a really, really nice profile. Only had four starts under rules. Big unit of a horse, in there. Looks like he'll make a chaser. Only five, he'll be six next Cheltenham. And to me, looks like a future Gold Cup type. Three miles is what he wants as a minimum. Similar prospects to Dickie Diver, who, like you've said was very, very raw last season. Fourth in the potato race last year. Look, again, I, you could see Dickie... I could see Dickie Diver and Alho staying four miles. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You could see him, you could see him running the National Hunt, couldn't you? you? You could if it were a grade one, but I think the, the better horses than that and the RSA has to be the target. And Bright Forecast, again, was, like Thomas Darby, ridiculously raw last season. He was finishing fastest in the Ballymore when up in trip. Completely looks again like he'd be worth another crack at three miles. Of the three I've just talked about, I'd probably like him least. Right forecast. Yeah, but it'd be, I'd, I'd, uh, compared to Dickie Diver and Alaho, but I can I can see why people think he'll make a staying chaser. Yeah. I really, really can. He's a big gangly thing, isn't he? Yeah, he If he's is. filled his frame any much like he, he should do, he, he could be. He could pick up grade threes at, you could say, a Haydock or a Kempton. Not yeah, his chance, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah and, and look, he's also... It looks like the RSA is a plan for him. I know Ben Pauling said that, but yeah. y- you could also see him competing prior to Cheltenham at two and a half, whereas I think Dickie Diver and Alaho are three milers out and out. Yeah. So that's it, I think, for our for our chat about the novice chasers. And like we said, Jim, one horse this year who wins a novice grade one novice chase at the Cheltenham Festival. I'm going to go Manila Indo. Are you? Yeah. After after. Slight hesitation. I've already backed Manila Indoor. I think I'm on at 14s, which could mean 140s. <laughs> um, I, th- I think 
I think Manila Indoor's the horse for me. After last season, he come out out of the woodwork, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him jump a fence this season. I like that because I'm going to directly take you on and say, "Champ, game on." We've I got like a bit that. of a match going on yeah, here. Yeah, we have. We have. I, I like that, Jim, and I like I like both horses, but I like Champ more. Yeah, understandable. And I, I can see why you like Manila Indoor. I can more. see both points of view for both of us, and I'm sure you'll probably see the same. It's rare, isn't it, as well, because you're, physically you're a lot more like Champ, and I'm a lot more like Manila Indoor. Thank you very much. <laughs> Are you calling uh, Champ fat? You're a hefty bloke, aren't you? <laughs> he's, he's a hefty, he's a hefty specimen. I don't know. I, I won't like him running at me. Uh, we've we've got ten minutes now, just just to flip through the novice the novice hurdling brigade. Uh, I say we, we, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna touch on Ballymore this Albert Bartlett that because we don't know who's gonna end up where. And I say half the runners in the potato race we probably have never heard of uh, come March. But Malone Road, Blue Sari, Envoy Lend, Laro, McFabulous, Gypsy Island, Al and Andy Dufresne. They're you, all going over How her much have you been practising his name at home in the mirror? Have you never seen Shawshank Redemption? No, no. You've never seen Shawshank Redemption? I don't watch films, do I? You've I don't, never I, seen Shawshank Redemption? I don't right, have a life. I know if, you've, if, if anyone listens to the Final Furlong podcast, which I, I assume everyone does. Because why, it's why, one of the best podcasts ever to listen why to. Why would you listen to us and not that? Yeah. With actual sensible people <laughs> on it. Understandable. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm one off the, I'm one off the tag, him it. I'm one off to get him, get him involved in this. You've never seen Shawshank? No. Mate. I'm gutted. I am gutted. But the last season's crop of bumper horses, in my opinion, was well above average. Well above average. You were, that was the first. As soon as the first, as soon as I think Time Hill won at the weekend, that was the first. You, you've been talking about that. You've been so excited. The bumpers this season are going to be class. The bumpers this season are going to be class. And well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether they actually are or whether it's just the first. The first time I've really paid a lot of attention to bumper horses <laughs> last season. Yeah, last but but you, you get the feeling that everything with a big reputation and a big price tag actually turned out to be quite good, yeah. which gives me a lot of promise. Envoy Allen is the best bumper horse I've ever seen in my tenure <laughs> watching racing. Statement and at, a half. At this, well, at this stage, everything he does suggests he will be better in three years when he's over a fence and running over three miles. So the fact that he was able to do what he did over two miles on the flat, suggesting me a proper, proper 170-plus horse nice. in the future. I also like the fact that we saw him win easy. We also saw him, he had to scrap. He had to scrap to beat Meticulous. He had to scrap to beat Blue Sarri. What we saw there was a horse who is, has the attitude as well as the talent. And oh, I'm borderline obsessed with him. Borderline obsessed? I really, really like him. Well, but... It's impossible not to like loads of these. Malone Road, who is fab for the Supreme, Enviolence fab for the uh, Ballymore. What Malone Road did in them bumpers last season before getting injured was impressive. Nothing but impressive. Um, It was absurd, mate. I think think Cheveley Park have got a right good season ahead of them, if I'm being honest. They've they've moved into the jumps game in their actual Cheveley Park colours and they've hit the ground running. You, they've got Envoy Allen, Malone Road, uh, Alaho, uh, Aplutar. Aplutar. I keep wanting to call him Atoy Phil, but it doesn't matter. Um, oh, the, no, I've, I, 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 don't, I don't. I know which I, one I'd I, rather roll. I think you can sound and swap Atoy Phil for Aplutar, bless him. Um, we like Phil, though, don't we? Yeah. Um, I, I think they've got a really good season ahead of them. And I'm. 
looked fabulous as well. Uh, he's the shortest price for the British runners. Yeah, um, in supreme betting. He's obviously Paul Nichols has always uh, rated him very high. Uh, he's always in his his columns. He he disappointed in that Cheltenham race. Behind Master Debonair, uh, time hill running and time hill running, like you've said. But then since then, he he won a nice nice bumper at Newbury, and he won the Aintree Grade Two bumper beating yeah. the Banner King Rebel. Can I point out as well that the horse who were uh, the horse who McFabulous beat at at Newbury is going to be one of my horses five to follow this season. If I were to write one, I might do. Who the Banner King one. Rebel? No. Uh, the Newbury Faustinovic, yeah. his ads looks like, looks like a future chaser. Sec, he, he, and Same he colours as Lost in Translation. Yeah. And he was beaten in his point to point by Andy Dufresne, who's a horse who's not had much racing. In fact, one start under us, but again was a big money purchase. I do have it written down somewhere how much Oliver Malone Road, Envoy Allen, Andy Dufresne, how much they all cost. They, they were all above three hundred grand. Envoy Allen was four twenty, I think. Yeah, they, they were all well above 300 grand. They might even be above three and a half. But Andy Dufresne looks really smart on his only start. Again, he's probably priced up slightly more on reputation at the minute. Yeah, which is uh, understandable, he yeah. should be. Yeah, rather than rather than what he's actually achieved on track. But what he has achieved on track suggests that the reputation is at least some way there to be fulfilled. Dlauro, he's an interesting one. How come? Because he's owned by Lloyd Williams. Mm. Joseph O'Brien, they say, took took some of the rekindling money, and has decided to buy instead of trying to buy cool more castoffs or or, or try and win the Melbourne Cup with a uh, a bumper horse. You're with a bumper horse. No, he's, he's decided to spread out and uh, reinvest in an Irish point to pointer called and that, that that's Dlauro, who won I think it was at Fairy House, Punchestown. Punchestown, sorry, uh, right at the end of last season. It might have been in May even that. It might even be classed as this season. It was May 15. Yeah, so it'll be technically this season. But he did that really easily as well. And he's again, he's another horse. Big money purchase from a big Australian owner. And his reputation seems to be quite justified. Jim, I know you like Blue Sari as well at Cheltenham. Yeah, I, I thought he ran his heart out at Cheltenham. I thought he was coming to win the race. Um, I've always, since his deb- debut at Goran, I've always been a massive fan of him. And I know necessarily the form hasn't worked out great hasn't worked out front view won a 25 run a bumper at Punchestown and that's that's about it but he was bought for Cheltenham by JP McManus probably another ridiculous amount of money Um, as we've talked about the bumper last year we think is going to be very strong he beat Time Hill who we've already seen, who come, we've out already seen come out and win. And you'd, you'd think time will go up in trip, I'd personally. Yeah, and I, I think two-mile hurdling would be Blue Sarri's game. Yeah, completely. Look, as well, Ben. And I know this, I'm going to make a bold statement, and you might probably completely disagree with me, but he's Boover Dare's replacement. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't... I wouldn't... Uh, say no at this stage yeah. I wouldn't say no I can see where you're coming from because Bouvardier's not going to be around for much longer than probably just going to retire him You, what's your obsession with retiring horses well he's this, the, yeah. retire at the top there's no point dwindling down to the bottom this is there? no again if you didn't listen to this last year we had this problem where after a single poor run Jim would be calling for a horse to be retired is one for Arthur still in training <laughs> oh my days 
that was a every single run last season one for half they should have retired him they should have retired him straight before the Grand National he should be retired and then he ran well and you looked like a knobhead <laughs> so uh, Blue Sarriot I was going to say worth noting as well he's a year younger yeah. than Envoy Allen is he's only four and also he finished the Cheltenham race lane so you can mark it up you can mark his performance and up and he remains another look the the the, the, the We've, we've flown through horses there who connections I think we'll all be hoping will end up being rated 170 plus. And compared to the uh, years where, you know, I was. You could probably put Chuck Abrid Cadabras in there as well, couldn't you? Once he learns how to be a racehorse, yeah. yeah. But he's, he's already won over hurdles. I said, I got my time form book out the weekend. And uh, well, their take of the champion bumper last year was Abracadabras is as good a racehorse as a. is as talented as Envoy Allen. And Blue Sarri, but he doesn't have the mentality yet. Yeah. He doesn't have the mentality. And I can see that. He seems a bit of a shirker at this stage. Yeah. But hopefully that that will grow into him. Uh, Jim, before we wrap it up, you've got a horse for the triumph. That, 50 to 1, this. 50 to 1. This is this season's Thomas Darby. This is my clip Paisley horse Park. for this season. My Cheltenham Festival will evolve around this horse, the Olympian in the triumph hurdle. Not seen since his two year old days for Alan King. He's been bought by J.P. McManus. I, I, I saw he was entered at Haydock the other week. You would have seen me tweeting about it. I, I'm, I'm really excited to see him. 20s, just some some bookmakers are going 25s, 33s, 40s, 50s. If you can get the 50s now, go on him. He's, his form last season is very strong, I think. He ran in good novice races at Windsor, Goodwood and Newmarket over a mile and two. I, I think... He's always looked at a big gangly sort of shape of a horse and if he's filled anything of that frame, I'd like to see him probably have one run on the flat, prime him perfectly and I'd love to see him run in the Cheltenham Juvenile Hurdle uh, in a couple of weeks' time. He's available at our best price, 50-1 to 1 for the Triumph Hurdle, is the Olympian, so that's our first wild swing, isn't it, Jim? That, that is the, the first wild swing and if that pays off, you're all very welcome. I uh, and I say we're very very uh, thankful as well to everyone. We are to the support we've got this week. So many positive comments and messages. We we can't give shout outs to them all because we would literally be here. It'd be ages. too unfair, but, but, wouldn't but, but, it? But, but but the amount of DMs, positive comments, myself or James, and, and, the, li- and the pod account, the listens, got, listenership's gone through the roof, roof like completely not what we were expecting for our first episode back yeah. and we were really overwhelmed so thank you very much for everyone who's listened yeah well, it's 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 absolutely insane and you know we when we first started we, we it was just a thought, bit of, it was something to do on a tuesday afternoon in our breaks at uni wasn't it yeah it really was and, and to see uh, to see people enjoying our nonsense chat especially my nonsense because i talk a lot of rubbish you do he really, really does. Uh, but despite that, I'm here to make up for it. And uh, but a load of rubbish. And but no, and we are we are really, really thankful yeah, for, for for every bit of positive feedback we get, and even the negative ones. Because hopefully we can make it. You know, it yeah. can go towards improving the uh, podcast. Constructive criticism. We'd love to hear it. If you want to hear some different things or give us any suggestions, we'd be open ears. Any anything that you enjoy listening to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I am. Well, don't know what I'm on about there. That's the sort of just thing getting a bit soppy, aren't we? Yeah, That's just, yeah it is. It's, this, this, this is crap. Let, let's go back to to slagging people off. <laughs> so, so David Dunstan can't write this shit. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right, that has been it for this week's episode of Turf Talk. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at James underscore Watson 98, Lewis. Uh, LT Racing underscore. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>